Here we go. Yeah. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I am Matt Rice. And we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Excellent. Matt, can I start us out with a story? We started that, like, this whole intro off a little interesting. Like, why do we always say our names like that? I, I, I'm enthusiastic. Oh, okay. That's your enthusiastic, Chris? About names today. <laughs> so you're oh. going to notice all through the episode, this is like an Easter egg, that I'm going to say names more emphatically than I normally do. So you just ruined the Easter egg? No. I gave them a little a little teaser. <laughs> okay, let's go. What you got okay. for us? So, uh, back in college, I had a friend, and I went to uh, Franciscan University, super conservative Catholic university, and uh, and it was frowned upon to marry someone that wasn't Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. And so, or even date? Was it to even date or just cat? Like just marry? Uh, you can flirt to convert. <laughs> Okay, so dating was okay so long as the dating relationship led to RCIA, which then led to the wedding. So there's this girl, and she's dating a non-Catholic, good Christian guy, she said, and uh, she tells me a little bit about him, and she's like, yeah, we've been dating for about three months now, and I'm a little bit nervous because he's not Catholic, and that would be a deal breaker for me. I'm like, okay, good to know, you know, but heads up, you've been dating for three months. Like, at Steubenville, like, that's like around engagement time. Like, people are like... (laughs) The ring's coming. <laughs> the ring is coming. So buckle up. And uh, and so she, uh, she you know, we, we, we part ways. And I see her again about six weeks later. And I'm like, hey, how's it going with that relationship? And she goes, yeah, we had to break up. I'm like, well, what happened? She goes, I don't know. You see, he read Rome Sweet Home by Scott Hahn. And, <laughs> I, uh, and, and he didn't convert. He never converted. So I had to break up with him. And I was like, that 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 just didn't sit well with me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like she, he he read this book, he got this material, and he didn't convert. And so I a guess book, we're done. Yeah. So a book uh, can change someone's life, right? Sure. But the more important piece is whoever hands them the book typically will journey with them, yep. right? And it's that that relationship, that accompaniment, that ultimately pairs with the contents, right? The relationship is superior. The connection is superior to the content. And that's what ultimately leads to that accompaniment. The road to Emmaus, they did. Jesus broke down scripture, but it wasn't that information. It was the journey and the breaking of the bread, something very human where they recognized Christ. And in the same example, like, is this person called to convert? Yes, absolutely. But is a book going to be the linchpin to make it a reality. No, it might be a tool that leads to that that connectivity or that accompaniment or that ongoing dialogue. But no, yeah, not at this all. Is, this is something we've talked about before, but there's a little nuance here because uh, like as we go into another season of like being online, doing ministry online, doing ministry not in front of people, there's this tendency or I guess, I don't know, it's it's not a shortcut or whatever. It's like, well, I guess we need to get them more material. We need to get the parents more material. Or we need to get the kids more material or whatever. Um, and the whole point of your story is like the material is not going to be what converts. Right. And we still want to get them good material. Do not get me yep. wrong. Resources Amen. are still important in this time. 
But if all that's happening in the fall with this COVID situation in your parishes, in your schools, wherever it is, is just resourcing, if that's it, then there's a couple of things that are going to happen. One, about two months in, the parish or the pastor or the business administrator is going to realize, wait, it doesn't take 40 hours a week for this person to send out an email with the resources. And they spend a lot of their summer getting the whole semester ready. All we have to do is get that information and then we can do the rest in two to four hours a week. Yep. <laughs> You're going to lose your job, ministry leaders. You are going to lose your job, you know, if you put content above um, connection. And yeah. so, so that, that's my concern. And the second thing is, is it's going to have the same results as that, that girl who gave the book by Scott Hahn to her boyfriend. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? And so it's so What an mu- Easter egg, buddy, man. That was really snuck in there. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm I'm so frustrated by this COVID situation and the way that yeah. I see some people. Um, but basically, I think there's a number of there's a number of people that either explicitly or implicitly have washed their hands of the next year. Uh, and have they said, just given up. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we can't. So we'll do what we did last year. But the only way we can do what we did last year is if we just give the parents the material, the worksheets that, at home, and then we'll just give it to them and it'll be their problem. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I actually don't have a problem with you giving the parents the material. I don't have an issue with that. But if that's it, then there's a huge issue. How are we going to empower and equip the parents during this time? How are we going to journey with them? You know, we had a meeting literally earlier today, Matt, Matt Rice, and uh, and it was so difficult (laughs) because we we were talking about how parents, a lot of them don't even know how to share the faith, right? And this is where the accompaniment piece or the connectivity piece is so vital um, because we're going to need the community to be able to wrestle with the reality of like, I've never done this before. I'm not equipped to be a catechist. I just drop them off typically. And it's like, no, actually you were called to be the catechist. And so how do we do that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, like we as ministry leaders, like part of it is for um, our own job security, like making sure that we are like, apparently worth like obviously worth the investment that the parish has given us which means we're gonna have to get out of our comfort zone start thinking out outside of the box and different things like that while also protecting the people that we serve but it's also about like actually being effective in ministry people are like i would say like people are kind of sick of the whole zoom call and maybe it's like they're probably more sick of zoom meetings or zoom presentations or whatnot um, but we get together like in, to do things just to, to play video games on Monday nights. And, and for a period of time or ever so often, we, we play every single night um, because it's, it's fun. It's, there's something social about it. It's relational. So not every Zoom call has to be like this whole teaching like thing. It, it, it's really like relational. Like you can make it relational. And then that gets actually enjoyable. You want to spend time with the other person. I enjoy the recording of our podcasts because we get to just hang out together, even though it's via Zoom and, and whatnot. It's still something that's life-giving and good, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so the engagement piece. <laughs> I'm like asking for affirmation from you. Right, yeah. Chris, you, you like me? <laughs> I affirm you, Matt Rice. Absolutely. And so 
the thing is, is how do we how do we change it to where there's value? So the other day we had our we're sending our kids to a charter school this year. It's a big change for us. But the charter school got all this information from our area about what is permissible to open and how what it's going to look like. And typically they have a Thursday Q&A session, right? Typically there's like 15 parents that are on that Q&A. There were 98 or 103. I mean, it just kept going up as wow. the meeting went on. That, that were there. And so they were there not because they were like, oh, no, another Zoom meeting, but because they knew that there was valuable content that was going to be conferred. You know yep. what I mean? And that is where we have to get a little bit savvy as ministry leaders. Are we going to have an hour long Zoom meeting to empower the parents every single week? I would hope not. Please don't. They, Maybe it's a 10-minute thing of like, hey, this is this week's topic, and this is what it looks like for elementary, and this is what it looks like for middle school, and this is what it looks like for high school, and open Q&A. How's it been going, you know? And to where we're not just letting them ask the questions, but we're also asking them the questions. What were the challenges yep. last week? But I also yep. think that the content itself needs to change. Like yeah. a family can journey together by preparing a meal, right? Like let's prepare a meal, and then let's talk about what are the ingredients of our faith that need to go in. Or how do we spend stewardship of our time, talent, and treasure and mix that into the cookies we just made, you know, and different things of that nature to be creative in regards to. But so many of us are coming from a mentality last year to where we followed a curriculum that is in the traditional sense. Yeah. That does not fit into what it's going to look like this year one-to-one. It's not going to translate one-to-one. And so we have to be at peace with that. Furthermore... A teacher's guide versus parent accompaniment, both can be present, but the parent accompaniment piece, we don't have a lot of resources that exist in that realm. Yeah. So I I would argue that more of our energy needs to go into that area because we're ill-equipped to equip the ill-equipped in this regard. (laughs) Boom. I was uh, on a phone call just a couple days ago with a pastor up in the Missouri area who is planning on doing like he's in a unique situation where the people that are part of their PSR or their religious education group come from predominantly four different public schools. So he can pretty easily separate them out, like just because you don't want to bring four different schools worth of kids together because the likelihood of them cross contaminating each other, yada, yada, yada. Um, so what, what he's doing, um, which is really interesting is one week, one school comes in the next week, a different, different school comes in the next week, a different school comes in. And then even there, they divide it into much smaller groups, um, and in large classrooms where everybody can be six feet apart, whatever, they only come to the parish once a month. And then the rest of that month or with the rest of that time, the parents are expected to like teach their kids, to talk to their kids, do different things with their kids. One of the things that they're going to be doing is not just giving them material and say, here, go, but they're like, they're going to have the the catechist who would have been meeting with their kids every week or whatever. The catechist is going to be checking in with the parents, like in the meantime, not just leaving them alone for like a month, but I, and I see some real potential there for some, some solid small group stuff with the parents and the catechist. Um, and just again, to accompany them and, this particular pastor is is like completely just not ignoring, but like whatever their catechetical step was to like for classroom catechesis this next year. He's like, we're not doing that. We're not doing that this year. This year we're focusing on the kerygma because we're going to be doing so much with with parents um, who who may or may not have actually been evangelized. This is a great time to evangelize parents, an entire generation of people that I would argue missed that. 
didn't get that. Right. And, and so this is a huge opportunity for us um, to do that and accompany them and, and disciple the parents. And the church has consistently modeled what it looks like to accommodate people in special circumstances, right? And so if you have someone who has uh, a, a fiancé who's about to get deployed, and they're like, we're going to speed up marriage prep so that we can have you guys tie the knot before the deploying takes place or whatever, then we're going to do that. We've had some some students with some very unique uh, needs, learning needs, and, and different things like that. We've adjusted our uh, sacramental prep program to accommodate their needs. The whole world is in a special circumstance right now. The whole world is. And so yep. for us to say, hey, do we have, can we give ourselves permission to adapt and adjust? Absolutely. Absolutely adapt and adjust to where if you were tied or tethered to a curriculum last year, tether yourself to a connectivity kind of approach this year. And yeah. to, to the idea that, that, that uh, this priest shared with you, I think it's a great idea to utilize the, the volunteers. Because if you can retain the volunteers that you had last year, you're going to be able to have smaller groups for them to minister to. And that's good because the ministry is going to be a little bit more uh, challenging because you're going to have to reach out via the phone or via Zoom meetings or whatever to have uh, your volunteer connect with the families that they're responsible for. They're no longer responsible for teens or kids or whatever it is in regards to the, the classroom alignment or the small group alignment. They're now responsible for families. The volunteers typically in a, in a, in a DRE classroom, they, they don't really get to see the parents all that much. They just see the kids. And so the the community aspect of that, like the the adults don't get connected to the church as much. The parents don't get connected to the church as much. They're just kind of dropping off their kid and then moving on. Um, but here, like having the catechist, their primary relationship is with the adults. Now you're forming community. Now you're forming connecting points for those parents to that parish. And I think you like on the other end of this, not only do families come out stronger, but your, your parish community is going to come out stronger. Without a doubt. It's, it's a beautiful opportunity. Um, what does it look like when one of these families loses a job? In the past, they just lost their job. But now they have someone from the parish that's checking in on them. How's it going? Well, this week was rough because I lost my job, so we never got around to um, doing you know lesson number seven. It's like forget well, lesson you, number seven. You chastise seven. them for missing lesson number seven, right? You chastise yeah, that's them. it. You're like, well, how shame dare on you? you. How, I don't care what's going on in your life. You, you have all this extra time. <laughs> you have all this extra time now. You know how dare you? But 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 instead, you're able to do pastoral response and journey uh, with yeah. the family. And that type of accompaniment doesn't typically happen in the normal kind of classroom style catechesis or in the typical youth ministry setting. It's some sometimes in youth ministry, it seems like we get the youth. Uh, for two hours a week, and then they disappear to the family. And that's not the ideal. Obviously, we want to have relationship and connect connection with the family and partnering with parents is something we've talked about in the past. Um, but it's a two-way road. And now the parents are more interested in partnering with us because they're like, well, I don't, I don't know how to... Yeah, how to yeah. do this youth ministry at home type of thing or do this yep. catechesis at home. And so it creates a, a, an on-ramp for that. And like I said, I think we'll be blessed to have numbers that are uh, 50% of what they were yep. last year. Yep. But if we Absolutely. retain the catechists from last year, if we retain our volunteers from last year, that means that our volunteers will have half as many people that they're responsible for 
yep. but it's going to be twice as much work. Well, one half times two is the same as last year. <laughs> and so we're not actually asking more. We're just asking it differently. And I think it will be more fulfilling. Absolutely yep. more fulfilling because, you know, you've been in ministry for a number of years, Matt. You get in there because you love Jesus and desire to share the gospel. But then by week three, after you've thrown a few Dodds brawls and, and, and you know, pizza parties and things like that, you fall in love with these little images of Christ, all the teens yep. in the program. Yep. And, yep. and that's what Absolutely. keeps you going. Imagine now that they're falling in love with the families, not mm-hmm. just the youth, but the families as well. And I think that there's a neat opportunity that can build disciples in a more intentional way. Yeah, I will say that as a parent, you know, one of the things I that I loathed the most about COVID and the whole, you know, shelter in place stuff was distance learning. But someone else telling me what my kid needed to learn or have done by Friday or whatever, that was like annoying as all get out. Um, and so if we end up focusing on the kids or focusing on the youth, and I guess I'm specifically talking about DRE situation, PSR situation here. Um, if you end up focusing on the kids and assigning a, a task to the kids, then you end up like, I haven't met a parent that enjoyed distance learning, like that enjoyed that whole process. I'd rather just homeschool, like forget it. I'm just going to homeschool. I'm not going to do the the whole distance learning thing. I think we need to avoid that in our ministry programs, avoid it, it feeling like or seeming like distance learning for their kid, right? Well, I think that that would neglect the reality of the primary catechist that the parents are. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. this week we're going to talk about reconciliation in the sacrament and blah, 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 and here's what you need to teach them. I think that's wrong. Here's the content or the, the points that we want them to walk away with, and here's a suggested pathway for it. But like maybe in your family, Uncle Jim has not been to Thanksgiving for a number of years. And then just the last two years, he's come back. It's like, mm-hmm. kids, let me share about about Uncle, whatever, Uncle, Te- what did, Uncle Jim? Jim. <laughs> Uncle Jim. Let me share with you. He means so much to me. Let me share with you about <laughs> Uncle Jim and, uh, and why he wasn't at Thanksgiving a number of years ago. And now he is. That was reconciliation, right? Mm. There was a distance yeah. and now it's been reconciled. That's way better than whatever uh, a worksheet or whatever. And so to give parents the freedom to say, this is what we're seeking to accomplish. Here's some scope and sequence. And and I trust your family situation. If you guys have a better way to do it, great. But if not, we have this amazing safety net and it's high quality. We've got that Scott Hahn book just in case (laughs) the accompaniment doesn't, you know, we've got that good resource here for you. But you can still uh, do it in a way that meets the needs of your your youth effectively. Well, and in the beginning of all this, you, you got to share the why, you know, with the families, with the parents and, and what they're going to get out of it. Um, what, what, what kind of things are going to come like parents doing this stuff with their kids is going to strengthen their relationship with their kids, right? It's your own faith is going to grow. Your own love for the church is going to grow. And in the future, when your kids have a question about, religion or whatever, there's going to be an openness between them and you that wasn't there before because you were there teaching them instead of some, instead of someone else, right? They won't be seeking out like the, they won't only be seeking the answers from their friends or, you know, stuff like that. They'll be reaching out to you as the parent. And and there's a beautiful reality about discovering the faith in a way that's imperfect, 
right? So I know that we as parents want to be the perfect example of everything for our kids, but I think one of the greatest examples is our kids see us struggle and wrestle with something to arrive, right? So if there's an aspect of the faith that we as parents or that people in your community as parents might not have a complete grasp of, and to see, for the kids to see mom and dad kind of wrestling with that. This is why I love uh, family prayer. I don't know how many family prayers you've been a privilege to be a part of, but they all do it differently. And I'm telling you, um, I've given up halfway through family prayer. Like, we're not going to finish the decade or the rosary. Like, we were yeah. just going to do a decade. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Okay, boys, go upstairs and go to bed. Everyone else, we're going to stay and finish the decade of the rosary. Like, yep. we just lost. You know what I mean? And <laughs> But, but we tried, but we tried and like prayer is hard kids, but it's worth trying. And even when there's noise and distractions, sometimes you try and live with those. And other times you remove those distractions, even if they're named in your family, you know, (laughs) and and my kids see that it's a priority enough that we can do it poorly because we seek to do it well, but we have to do it. You know, we need to do it. Um, I think teens need to see that. I think youth need to see that. Uh, Kids need to see their parents say, well, I don't really know. And so they see them cracking open the catechism and more likely pulling out their phone and looking at Catholic answers or whatever to try and say, okay, now how do I translate Aquinas down to a fourth grade level? Yeah. So much of it is learning on ourselves. Like you were talking about sharing your own, your own stories. Um, as a parent, you know, I, so I took my son to confession yesterday and it had been a few months, you know, since he went to confession. So I was like, it's time for you to go to confession. Um, and on the way there, you know, even though this was relatively personal, I shared with him, you know, the kinds of things that I confess regularly. Um, and, and I think there's a, like, I don't know. I think that's powerful. Um, they're like, oh, well, those are things I see you do that I think are sinful (laughs) and you actually confess them, huh? That's really cool. <laughs> like, um, and so I don't know. I, I think there's an aspect there that uh, um, is really good, you know, for your your kids to see on that side being personal. Now, if you're someone who doesn't go to confession regularly, um, like talking to your kids about that, why why do you have a hard time going to confession? You know, what is it like that that keeps you from going regularly? Because I know that that's like the vast majority of Catholics do not go, but once or twice a year, right? Right. And I, I don't think that's an unfair assumption. Um, but, but but why is that? You know, and if you're if you're embarrassed about that, if you won't talk to your kids about that, then maybe there's something there that you need to look into. Um, but there's also the side of it is like it's it's OK if it's hard. Your kids are going to have the same struggle. Right. If most Catholics have that struggle, your kids are going to have that struggle. Knowing that you struggle with it is actually good for them to know. Because they know that you're still Catholic. Right. And human. <laughs> and human. Yeah. And that cannot be put into a worksheet or a teacher's yeah. guide. Oh no. This yeah. has to be something that's developed through relationship. That type of encouragement that you just poured into me and our listeners has to be done in a way that is cascaded to every single family in our parishes this this COVID fall, you know? Yeah. And yeah. That, that that maybe that's a Zoom meeting, maybe that's a phone call, but it doesn't happen week one. Hey, by the way, if you struggle with confession, it's like, wait, 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 wait you don't even know my my spouse's name and you're telling me this it's like (laughs) where do we start and so i think we have to start accompanying people in an intentional way to where we we say okay the curriculum for the first three weeks isn't that important Mm -hmm. we're going to empower you and equip you but for week one i want you guys just to uh talk about what does family prayer look like and how can your second grader and your 10th grader both be a part of family prayer 
Yep. Boom. Let's talk about that. And the first conversation is, how's prayer going with you guys as a family? Or after you get to know them, then have that. Do you guys have a prayer routine? Why or why not? Oh, we just struggled with this, struggled with that. And you're like, okay, great. You don't tell them you're wrong. You just listen and journey with them and say, well, what's worked for me is this, you know? And that type of accompaniment is a little bit more heavy lifting, right? It's not as easy as just teaching a class of 10. And it's it's kind of like that whole social media thing. Like everybody wants to paint themselves as this perfect Catholic family. Oh, we pray the rosary every single night. We do this, we do that. It's like, great. It does not look as clean as you're making it sound, you know? And so like for us to hold up this false image of what a Catholic family is supposed to look like is damaging. And so we cannot do that. Like when we're doing this, when we're working in a different way, like even over Zoom and whatever, we can't make people feel like they're bad Catholics because it's not, I don't know, everybody's sitting like this, you know, in skirts and head coverings, like praying the rosary at nine o'clock at night or whatever. It just doesn't work like that. (laughs) It doesn't look like this stupid picture. Everyone's in skirts. Just to be clear, you said everyone. Okay. I'm in a kilt. Absolutely. You're right. And so that, uh, that, that messy reality of Catholicism, I think that that needs to be, um, we need to be comfortable with that. And I think that that's the reality of as, as ministry leaders, we want to have a polished picture of what the fall is going to look like. Well, are we going to gather? And the, the answer is, I sure hope so. But no, not right now. We can't plan for a gathered semester in a number of these different areas where these, uh, what do they call them? Outbursts, outbreaks, yeah, the, sure. the, the, the surges of COVID uh, cases, you know, um, hot, hot beds, whatever, hot pockets, whatever, move <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where those are happening in person is not happening. I mean, just, yeah. and even if you open the doors, there wouldn't be more than about five or six people that came through those doors and they'd mm-hmm. all be looking suspicious at one another, especially the one person that's not wearing a mask, you know, it's, it's the new leprosy, you know? And so it's, it's, it's crazy to think about that. And so we can hope for those things, but I think we need to plan for, I'm going to instead make sure that we meet you where you're at, even if the only way we can meet you where you're at is digitally. Yep. And I think there's something more powerful than saying, hey, come to the church for a packet pickup, which I think is a very effective way to get the materials. Instead, to say, you know what? Instead, we're going to send the catechist that's assigned to you to drop these items off at your house. And he'll, he or she will be wearing a mask, and you can come out on your front porch, and they'll stand you know, seven feet away from you um, and kind of introduce themselves. But that, that's what we're going to do. We want it to be more personal than just a drive through a little bit more like Domino's uh, contactless delivery. <laughs> leave the pizza. Just a little the, more personal. Yeah. But leave I, the no, pizza on the a, porch. That's, that's a great idea. You know, and I'm going to ask um, if I can share kind of their model for doing ministry. Whenever this uh, airs, I'm, I might see if I can share that model. There may be other other, and that's what I, like I would like to see other people do online. Um, if you have a model that you're going to use. You know, moving forward, not the material. Again, we like there's plenty of material out there. I don't want to see the material. I don't care about the material. What's the model that you're going to use to engage, to accompany families this next year, this next semester? Um, So please, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Please continue this online. Share that stuff online when we post this video. Excellent. And uh, send any feedback or any ideas that you have to MLA at ablaze.us. And share this podcast with others, especially those who have great ideas. We want to bring them into the community. Are you waiting for me to do the next line? <laughs>
Of course. And here... <laughs> did, that, did that just totally throw you off to do that well, to you? <laughs> you were just sitting there so relaxed. I was like, what is going on? There was like dead space. We usually have a cadence. So, <clears throat> Matt Rice, here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and what that dynamic accompaniment is going to look like this fall. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. There it is. And God bless you. (laughs) 